Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Five, four, three, two, one. Good. I got to ask. Because I feel like there's a, there's a dilemma amongst like, artists is from the streets. Live a certain lifestyle. And when you are... Uh, when you consider the ill nigga and lifestyle and you rap, is it is there a conflict with how much you can share? Because I feel like deep down, everybody has done some ill street shit. They want niggas to know. They don't want them to know. You know what I mean? It's like you want to tell your story but you know what it means if you tell it. Is it a conflict with you? Do you feel like there, there, if there's a day where, um, it, could there be a day where you run out of stories or you feel like you just, or you on that, that Money Mitch shit, man, will, it, will the game still love me? You know what I mean? Um, I gotta shave points sometimes just to keep myself alive and free but all in all um, I don't feel like it's a conflict on me sharing my story because you gotta remember like I'm up to 30 in the morning every night bro like I don't sleep you know what I'm saying just just too busy trying to take care of the family and really figure this shit out. So it's been like a lot of sleepless nights behind the shit, you know? And it's not that I ever run out of stories to tell because it's different stories as it's life unfold, you know? And you can be the type of nigga that's just good at re-rocking shit, you know, it's different approaches to beats, it's different formulas and techniques you use to just get the art form off of it. I got enough stories to always fill in the blanks. I got enough game to play pity pat with the flow for life, you know? And really the beat write my raps for me, you know? And me just being a student of the game and like I say, me loving just the art form of music, making music. You know, I don't know how to produce, but you know, I even appreciate like that part, that part of it. You know what I mean? Without me even knowing, without me even knowing how that works. And I just keep finding unique ways to. Just get off on the beat. That's all it really is. Like, I'm beefing with the beat more so than worry about the competition who worried about me. I'm always do me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't really 
worry about what homie album gonna sound like or what type of numbers he did because you know that shit don't it don't push my agenda no further. Right. You're not comparing. At all. I've never don't got no hate in my blood, bro. Don't I show so much love to the local artists in the city that been making noise. But me being the first street nigga to ever make it to the big screen from, you know what I mean, the real trenches, the real ghetto, I feel like niggas don't show me the love I deserve, but I ain't never really been a nigga to look for no love. And that's kind of like the motivation to push me to just stay away from trying to make club music and chase a billboard record and right. compete with uh, the nigga who got the most video evictions in the video or who rented the most cars for the shoot, you know what I mean? I, I don't particularly care about that because I don't even go to the club. I don't like hang out in the club a lot since it got a, since it got like a mega popular with a, the scammers and the niggas who didn't grit the money up because they got a different appreciation for the game than a nigga from the mud who always had to piece together a mud pie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Let's get to, let's get to January 9th. Uh, the Rolling Stone, they, they reported that uh, the condition you was in was gonna require extensive surgeries, right? Mm-hmm. Got a crazy scar down my neck, and halfway down my back. Plates, rods, screws, all that shit in my shit. What happened that night? <clears throat> I guess it was like a little after 5 p.m. I was having car trouble all that day with my tire. Every time I would get my tire fixed, the tire pressure would keep dropping. So my son missed school, and I went to like four tire places. They finally uh, welded my rim. The air uh, stopped seeping out the tire. I go shoot a couple jams. I leave the crib, bump into my bag, drive my kids off to my sister Diddy house. I go pick up uh, my ex-girlfriend, her son, who I treat like my son. He been calling me for three days. I was kind of busy, so I said, fuck it while I'm over here. Let me go get him. I had a, uh, a fat ass blunt of some Zaza's, cause I didn't get high all that day just from waking up having car trouble all day. We pull off from in front of uh, his mother crib. We turn on, on, on Nine Mile Road. We headed towards Grossbeck. Before I can get to Grossbeck, I was on my way to Guitar Center, Guitar Center to buy some studio equipment. Because right. I got tired of giving these niggas all my money and I know I got half the equipment. I need to do the shit I need to do, so I'm like, let me go piece the rest of this shit together. So we on our way to Guitar Center, I tell him to roll up. 
He rolled the blunt up before he can light the blunt. I just remember, I don't remember nothing else. I just remember waking up and nothing but my eyeballs and my mouth was moving. And I told him to unpop the seatbelt. I was trying to wiggle my toes and, and, and get up out the car to see, you know, if I was hurt or not. But nothing was moving. So ambulance pull up. Were you in pain? I couldn't feel nothing. Everything had numbed out. You know, when you break your neck and your back, your back, your central nervous system, and they like speaker wires. Mm. Thank God I, the damage wasn't done from you know, me being wounded. Because that means the nurse got a man to repair. They um they get me out the car, they take their time, put me on the uh on the little what's that, a gurney or a flatbed, whatever the fuck they call that shit. And um when they put me in the ambulance, like I said, that shit like speaker wire. So something must have reconnected from them correctly, placing me on the gurney. On the gurney. And uh, I felt my toe wiggle, and I felt my hand. I could touch these two fingers. And I could, it was real faint, but I could feel it. And I had just enough strength in this arm to get this bitch up one time and just put it over my eyes to just try to cope with what was going on at the time, you know? So I laid there and zoned out till they got me to the hospital. What kind of condition was um, your ex's son in? He didn't do nothing but bump his head. He was cool. He was functional. Like, most of the damage was on my side of the car. I ran head. I ran head on into somebody who jumped the lane. And like I say, 40-40 head on collision. Mm. No brakes on each vehicle. He didn't do nothing but break his foot. I um I exited the vehicle down there paralyzed. So when I get to the hospital, they tell me um the type of accident that I uh, I had, I could possibly be paralyzed from the neck down whether I got the surgery or not. So it was just best to get the surgery to see if it could possibly like mend itself together. Right. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I can heal from that shit, actually. What was wrong? So your neck was broken? I broke my neck. And three links in my spine. Three links. This is January. Yeah, this was 150 days ago. Five months ago to the to the day to yesterday, when I made it exactly five months on the day of the show. Now throughout this time, <clears throat> you're in the hospital. They're talking to you about surgery. This all happened in the. Flash. Mm -hmm. 
um, what were your main thoughts at that point? My children, my grandma had just passed. She kept coming to me when I thought about it, just telling me, don't panic, you got this. You know? But then, you know, when you're going through that at times, you kind of think like, just cause of whatever the severity of the matter is, got you kind of like out of it. Like I'm actually seeing grandma, you know, like maybe I'm tripping. You could see her. Yeah, she had just left me. And that's my mom's mom. So everything my mom didn't do, just off being young and inexperienced, you know, I'm her first child. My grandma covered the bed. My grandma knew who I was as a kid. She never judged me and just always believed in whatever I was trying to do, you know? And she did music. She sung in a choir and uh, used to record like old Motown records. They, 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 uh, band was called The Bondage Review. You know, that was her main name, Maxine Bond. Maxine Bond. Mm -hmm. Then she got married and it was Maxine Pleasant. Uh, but our community loved grandma. She was uh, big in church. I, I got uh, two biological uncles and a biological auntie. Besides my mom, she had four children. Uh, I'm the oldest of the grandkids. And uh, me and her bond was different. Cause like I say, she cut the slack for shit mommy was being absent-minded about. So like I say, you know what I'm saying, Graham thinking I'm bugging. And it just got to a point where like, me just thinking like, I've been through so much that my brain been wrecked due to shit that was self-inflicted and shit that life just took me on a ride. You know what I'm saying? Right. That it wasn't a piece of cake, but I psyched myself out like it was. It wasn't as mentally as frustrating as jail or or when you behind on the rent, family depending on you, shit like that, like, like, like you barely like getting the rent paid, barely getting bad type shit. Like it wasn't as mentally frustrating as, as that, but it was the worst physical thing I had ever been through. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I had never really felt pain and I had never been that confused to ignore that and not let it plague my brain to the point where I couldn't function beyond being hurt and what I really had going on. I just started thinking about everything that I had in my favor. Like, at least I don't got to deal with this bro. My kids happy. They old enough to understand to where I guess if I had to quarterback this, like, Professor Xavier, 
Shit, you know, I don't have to necessarily live through my children, but I've done some great things, you know, and as long as I put this chip that my pops planted in me inside my kids, and I know it was me who raised them and, you know, provided for them, and I'm still gonna always be there for them, but even up to that point, I just realized, like, I wasn't really lacking on shit, you know? I've always been a great parent, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't do it for the stripes or nothing, but a man who you notice take care of his responsibilities without wanting to pat on the back about it is who you tend to want to pat on the back about it. Right, right. So you're in this hospital, they do the surgery. You're hearing these words, you might be crippled for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Psyching yourself out. But over time, they're giving you meds. You're going through uh, rehab. Tell me what that that process was like to you. Okay, I'm not a pill popper. So, to have to take meds to suppress any issues I was having <clears throat> was an issue off dribble because I sell pills and I know how dependent you get on the beans when you really a, a bean head, right. you know? Most of them start off like that. Yeah, and I know how addictive that perk is. I know how addictive that oxy is. They gave me oxy, perk, they giving me oxy. Listen to all the shit they giving me. They, Cause I'm fucked up, but they giving me oxys. They giving me perks. They giving me muscle relaxers. They giving me stool softeners. They giving me nerve damage pills. They giving me um, pills for uh for clots and shit like that. Blood clots. And then they stabbing me, it's taking blood my thinner. blood and poking me with needles and shit three, four fucking times a day. You know, and then my arm's not moving, so the nurse got to help me piss. You know, um, I was constipated. So they gave me stool softeners because when my body, you know, when I got hurt from the accident and everything, broke down from me breaking my back and my neck, your stomach muscles are not as strong neither. So you can't digest the food and shit you're eating the same. So I was backed up. Like I say, I'm constipated. They keep feeding me all these fucking pills. And then when I finally got to go to the gym, I had to learn how to walk again. But it, when I finally started having some motion in my legs, it seemed like I can only function correctly if I was off the meds. And I'm not done, so <clears throat> I told myself, I'm gonna stop taking these meds and see how they try to force them on me. Huh. I kept denying the meds. I told myself when I got to walk good enough, I was just gonna check myself out the hospital. I was able to take maybe five, steps, they was wobbly than a motherfucker. But I was able to take about five strong ones. This is after how long? 
like 11 days. 11 days? Because mm-hmm. it was this bike in there. The bike that you pedal like this, you sitting down, it's kind of like elevated, not much. And then, it, you know, when you push this one, this arm coming, you know, and my my hand, my hands and my arms was challenged. So they had to Velcro my hands to the grips. And my legs was working good enough to get the pedals rolling. But once I got the pedals rolling, just kept thinking about my children, just fighting through the, just playing through the fire, right? Were you able to see them while you was in there? They was allowing my daughter to see me. They wasn't allowing my son to see me. And it was kind of affecting me because he was already acting out from his grandma passing. Him and her was real close. And her husband had just passed, and him and her was real close. So my granddad and my grandma dying, I did a number on my son. And then uh, my mama's baby sister, her son, had got locked up, and his father had just died. And me and his father was real close. And he was close to my son. So my son was using that as an excuse to just act out, and he old enough now to know how to play both sides against the middle and work his hand a little bit. So right. I've been on this case, but my accident, my accident took it over the top. You know what I'm saying? And he really just got to acting up, you know. That's on your mind. Yeah, it was on my mind heavy. So me not being able to see him and him just acting out, it was getting to me like, man, I gotta get to the crib. I gotta get to my son. Like, like fuck all that other shit I got going on. Cause my daughter, she was too young to, to be in the room actually, but she's tall. So and I think she just wasn't going for nobody not letting her in there. You know, she kind of bossy and bald like that. But my son, he reminded me a lot of myself when I was younger. Like he's sneaking into shit that I wouldn't expect him to be into at his age, you know? And like I say, about 11, 12 days of that shit, I called my nigga Fastlane and I was sneaky trying to get him to pull up and come get me, but he wasn't going for that shit. He like, you damn near need to be in that motherfucker. Like, you need that shit, you know? And I'm thinking like, man, I'm a dog. I'm gonna I'm a get back regardless. I just need to get the fuck out of here because it started playing tricks on my brain when I would go to the gym and everything was just all good a minute ago. Now I'm in the gym looking at people that got real challenging problems, just as challenged as mine, if not more challenged. And that's when they hit me that, damn, Jackson, like, you crippled. Hmm. Like, like, like shit. You know what I'm saying? And then me seeing everybody in there, you know, some people got amputated limbs. Some people, you know, got the double prosthetics. You know, um, it's old motherfuckers, you know, who, while I'm working out, I can hear people falling in the equipment, slamming, hitting the ground. And you know, that's like the scariest shit in the world when, when your shit ain't, you know, functioning correctly and 
you could possibly fall, re-injure yourself, or possibly hurt yourself worse than you are already well, injured. Yeah. yeah. Scary shit in the world. So once, once I heard one of the old folks fall like on some other side of some equipment, I couldn't really see who it was, but I heard it. You know, and it it's like I jumped like shit. I just got to thinking like, man, I'm really here fucked up. I gotta get out of here. And then, you know, uh, with my little homies in the ghetto, it's always some type of static or some type of funk. And you know, for you having love and being affiliated with certain people, it, it'll be a target on your back just from your affiliation to certain people. And it was a, a, a couple people that entered the same rehab I was in who was actually in there for being injured about some shit one of my youngest got going on in the ghetto. They put him next door to me. Thank God I'm an old low key nigga. Mm. Cause all the young dumb niggas going to his room, walking straight past me, you know, and I got a neck brace on. So I'm peeking out the side noticing certain company he keeping that ain't tip, ain't like, you know, for the most part, for me. Right. You know, and I'm like, I get the fuck out of here. I'm too old for this shit. You know, Brody, Brody bringing Blick up there, holding me down. You know what I'm saying? My girlie, they wouldn't even let nobody, like, come see me in a hospital after a certain time. You had to leave. But, you know, they making money off me being there. So, I pressed the issue on my arms being challenged. I can't be here by myself after hours when the nurse leaving me in the room for five, six hours at a time thinking these hours I'd be resting or something because I couldn't really sleep in that motherfucker. Like no matter how much drugs they give me, that nerve damage is a different type of pain. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like I say, my arms challenged, I can't really do nothing to massage it, you know, and she out there rubbing my arms four, five hours, and, you know, we hours in the morning, four, five hours at a time, just trying to keep my head in the game, you know what I'm saying? I'm still having sex, so I'm in the motherfucking hospital and shit. I can't even fucking move. She jumping on the hospital bed, <laughs> having her way with me and shit, you know? Yeah. I just got tired of, like, being away from my son and actually realizing like how fucked up I was. I'm like, you know, I gotta get this shit together. So I just went to the crib and like I said, I had all the workout equipment there and I bought everything else I did have. And I just was around You had this equipment from from your grandmother's Yeah, my grandma situation. Yeah, when she had um she was eighty, you know, and when she uh, has started slowing down, like I say, uh, my aunt, who I rent the crib from, she had put the uh, the bed in there. She put the, um, like I say, the resistance bands was in there. It was a stair stepper, a whole bunch of uh, ankle weights the medicine, the 12 pound medicine boy, uh, the wheelchair, the walker, the cane, all that was there from grandma just passing. It was all in the basement at the crib. How'd you get out the hospital? I called 
fast lane to come get me in, come get me, told me stay there. Then I called my brother Dirt. Dirt pulled up about 30 minutes. They come upstairs, and my girl don't want me to leave. She think I should stay. My homies, they, um, they come in there. My nigga Dirt, my nigga KK. And uh, Dirt bagged everything up. There was mine in the room in the sheet. And he brought me a coat and put the coat on me. Put the, I told him to put my hood on my head. And when I got downstairs off the elevator, my father and my uncle Brian was sitting, waiting to come up because it was already to the maximum limit of who could be in my room, in my right. room. It was only allowed two people. My girl spent the night, so they were forgetting about her. And then the other two came, so they count them two. So my pops, my Uncle Brian waiting on whoever up here to leave. So they wheeling me downstairs. My pops look and he look away. But then he look down and see my shoes. And when they wheeling me past me, he say, motherfucker, where you think you about to go? And I looked at him, I'm like, shit, I'm about to go to the crib. And he took the, he made Dirk get the fuck out the way and took the wheelchair. And I'm thinking he about to U-turn me around and push me back upstairs. Nope. So, looked me in my eyes. He seen how serious I was, just like anything else that ever been in life. And he see that look in my eye like he must know what he doing. And he willing me to the car. He seen me get up, stand up off that motherfucker. Took them couple little fast steps I had in, turned that motherfucker sideways, and got my ass in that car with that neck brace. Went to the crib, shoot me to the honeycomb. There's no checkout, no nothing. No, I just did. They don't even know I'm gone yet. They got the call and all the people that had contacts on asking why did I leave the hospital and all that shit. But I go to the gas station, tell bro, bro, get some blunts. Get the blunts. They already got some weed and shit. I see my bro, bro, Nick Bruno at the, at the gas station where it be, um, where Lil Bruno be doing their thing at. So I'm like, uh, I see him, he don't see me. I'm in the backseat of a car, he don't know. I tell my homie KK, he don't know KK neither. I say, hey, that nigga right there. I say, say, hey, Hydre, Bodie said, come here. So when he said it, my nigga Hydre looking at him like, Nigga, you ain't Bodie, nigga. You know what I'm saying? But Dre don't know I'm in the back seat, so Bruno in the car with Dre. So Bruno get look over Dre. He don't see me. KK said it again. I said, I'm laughing in the back seat. I said, tell him, tell him Bodie said, come here. He said, hi, Dre. Bodie said, come here. So Bruno get out the car because he thought he seen dirt walk in the gas station. So he trying to put two and two together. He get out the car. He hear me call him a bitch ass nigga loud as hell. He just bust out laughing. He like, bitch, I just talked to Fast Lane. We was on our way up there to come see you. And, and bitch, I already heard you broke out the hospital. So they all laughing <laughs> about that shit. So when I get to the crib, after we get the blunts and shit, the neighbor upstairs, I damn near don't like him to this day. You know what I'm saying? Cause I stay in the flat. The neighbor upstairs, the fucking stairs icy as fuck. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking like, damn, I've been in the hospital for damn a month. Why the fuck the stairs not shoveled and salted, you know? Mm. So 
I didn't want to fall out with him just off that, you know. But I'm just irritated because I know if I fall up these stairs, I re-injure myself. What? I don't know how Dre will carry me up the stairs. I make it up the stairs in one piece. Get in the crib, sit down on the couch. Gather myself, talk, bro, go get that wheelchair. They go get the wheelchair, bring it to me in the wheelchair. And I can't push the wheels. I gotta drag myself through the house on my feet and my legs barely moving. So it's like, I'm fighting through that bitch like this. Like everything I'm doing is off the kickback or me really trying to, you know, and I don't really- And this is with no meds? Yeah, there's no meds. And then I'm uh, I'm so stubborn, I really don't want nobody to do shit for me. You know, so, especially if it ain't like genuine or it really ain't. Somebody I know want to really see me back, you know. I was staying away from all that weird fake love. You know, um, niggas acting like they concerned, but they really around just being nosy. Cause you know, like um, I was living with two women so niggas thought me being hurt was gonna alter my relationship with them, you know? And didn't know like, shit, I ain't broke, nor is my dick neither. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the love is the love already, you know? Right. And that really was over there like, caring for a nigga, trying to get me, whip, whip a nigga back in shape, you know? So I knew who was coming over there being genuine. And so a couple of people I thought, you know, was genuine. I really was coming around being nosy, seeing, you know, if I was finished or not, you know, because this shit looked bad at the time, you know. But you told me you looked like a, what was it? I looked like Weekend and Bernie's. Weekend and mixed Bernie. with uh, the motherfucking uh, little aliens uh, who work in the office and me in the black. black. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did, how did your son react when he finally got to see you? He cried, uh, hugged me real tight, and just told me, Dad, whatever you need me to do, I'm here. You know, and I'm like, you gonna help me get back? He like, I got you, big guy. I'm like, all right. And he just been, he been so helpful throughout this whole process. Like, he been being strong about it. Dad, I know you're gonna get back. You get back from everything, Dad. And it's like, that right there, you know, it, it gave me the motivation to realize in the rehab, the best thing I could have did was left the hospital because I'm on a time schedule with them. Right. And I, you know, I'm, I used to be athletic at one point, so I know when I'm overdoing something to where I'm about to strain a muscle or I'm about to, you know, make something deformed or like I know the difference, you know what I'm right. saying? And I'm not on the clock at the crib. Whenever I feel like, oh, it's time to get up, just dig in. You ain't doing nothing else. Feel me? A lot of leg raises, squats, the resistance bands. Even when I couldn't really get no resistance on them, I still was trying to go through any, you know, uh, type of motion. It's called a range of motion. Mm -hmm. right. I'm trying to have any type of range of motion so that my shit would get back. But I didn't realize how strong I really was for being 160 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, I was one of them 160 pound niggas that can do 40 pound dumbbell reps, 38, 30 on this arm, 30 on it, like, you know, 
in sets of 30 at a time. Right. But a nigga 220, 240 can't throw these around like that, you know? And I just started realizing, you know, from grandma, when she go through the bulk of the grocery shopping, nigga go unload the groceries out the hatchback. When you grab the groceries, I used to load up as many as I can on my weak arm, right? And no matter how many stairs I had to go up, I had how far up the driveway I got to carry them, I tried to just tune it out no matter how heavy it was. But I keep the bulk of the, the weight from the bags on my weak arm, you know, or when I was riding a bike, I never stopped pedaling. Even when it was uphill, downhill, I just knew it all count when you dig in with anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I had a bum shoulder, so I couldn't really do a lot of push-ups because my push was affected by my shoulder being dislocated, but my pull wasn't affected. Right. So I was still able to do 20 pull-ups not knowing that's in shape. Right. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm a buck 60. This the shit I supposed to be doing when really, that's the only reason I had a little fight left in me to get back from right. the accident. And what was your homies doing? On what tip though? Like as far as like helping you get back? Oh yeah, man. Um, shout out to, like I say, my sister Double D, she massaged my hands, make sure the kids cool, come over, you know, um, stay on top of everything with my money, with my business, with my, you know, um, personal relationships with people who I couldn't get to personally because everything was challenged. Stayed on top of shit. My nigga Fastlane, um, he always made sure I had the, uh, the proper vitamins, the proper CMOS. You know, he bringing me healthy foods. He bringing me crazy uh, protein shakes and smoothies and shit like that. Like my nigga Nick Bruno. You know, he been down. Fastlane did a crazy bit too. Bruno did, I think Fast did 14, Bruno did 10. But Bruno was giving me that weight pit motivation that, you know, you locked in with a real nigga. And everybody don't always got all the answers. But some niggas might just know what you need to hear at the time to figure the answers out. And he was giving me that real thug motivation in my ear, you know, hey bro, nigga, you gotta get back, you know why? Why bro, you know what I'm saying? Cause we all depend on you, nigga. Ain't nothing wrong with your bitch ass, nigga. Get your bitch ass up. Get out that motherfucking wheelchair, nigga. Ain't nothing wrong with you, nigga. And I be looking at the nigga like, what the fuck you ain't nothing wrong, nigga. See what the fuck I been through? And get your bitch ass up, nigga. Get out the wheelchair. See how long you can stand up. See if you can stand up 15 minutes. You on the clock now, he look at the clock on the stove. I stand up 15 minutes. I sit down, exhausted, tired. Body down the field, wore out. Nah, get your bitch ass back up, nigga. Ain't nothing wrong with you, nigga. I get up, see if you can stand up an hour this time. I look at him crazy, because I ain't did no shit like this shit. Right. You know, the lady at the rehab wouldn't let me stand up too long. She always made me sit down when she seen like something getting shaky. Shake, yeah. Bro, and it's this belt they put around you. So you don't fall, you know, I had that belt around at the time. Bro stayed close enough to me, but he wouldn't ever grab the belt. Nigga, that's all on you, nigga. You got this shit, nigga. Feel me? Nigga, you know how long you been standing on business, nigga? What you ain't shook back from, nigga? You get back from everything, nigga. 
nigga, you really, you know, like, you putting that bug in my ear, saying a lot of shit I done forgot about. A lot of shit, you know, because I ain't counting no favors. A lot of yeah. shit, you know, nigga, we all depend on you, nigga. You know how many of us, nigga, we, nigga, we eating, nigga. Nigga, 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 you the, you the jack guy, nigga. You gotta shake back, champ. You know, he ain't, and I'm just, I look up, clocked and went past. I been standing up hour and five minutes. I sit down in the wheelchair. Nigga, I told you wasn't nothing wrong with your bitch ass. <laughs> nigga, in a couple days, nigga, I'm taking that wheelchair from your old ass, nigga. I ain't about to be around this bitch, scooting around this bitch in a wheelchair, soft ass nigga, you know? And I'm looking at the nigga like, it's tough love, but it's real shit. Yeah, yeah. Later on, I got this motherfucking vibrator pad, dirt then got me. That bitch vibrating all night, my bitch irritated as fuck. Both of the hoes in the bed with me, they irritated as fuck. This bitch loud as hell, right? I got this little foot massager. I put it on my socks, and I don't realize that it, it shocks. I take the motherfucker off my socks off, put my feet on it. Bitch down there electrocuted me, but I jumped so hard when it electrocuted me. My bro synced and it was like, I told you wasn't nothing wrong with your bitch ass, nigga. You know, that shit worked, nigga, you know? Yeah. And like I say, like, you know, shout out to my to my babies. You know, they was stroking the nigga ego. You yeah, know what I'm of saying? course. Talking about shit. You ain't hitting that motherfucker like nothing wrong with you, you know? And that shit all stroking the nigga ego to just know, like, man, get your ass up, work out, work out. And get up, you know, she cooking, I eat, work out, work out, work out. Told me I wasn't going to be walking. Till Jan till uh, September, from the time of the accident. I'm working out, I'm working out, I'm working out. They took the wheelchair from me. I tried to use the walker. My hand was too challenged to grab it. So I can only grip the walker from one side or I'm gonna have to get my hand bandaged up. So I ended up buying a pull-up bar. And I knew I couldn't pull up on it, but I, I couldn't even get my hands up on it. But I used to have bro help me put my hands up on it and try to hold on to it as long as I can so I can get some circulation in my arms. My hand was swelling up real bad, mm -hmm. but my arms always being down and them not getting the proper circulation. Yeah. So Bruno used to come over and hold my arms and help me get some range of motion with my arms because I couldn't move them and shit. And like I say, man, everybody played their role, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my brother Dirt. You know what I'm saying? Um, even my big bro. Freckle face, he called me, you know, uh, he bought me one of those headsets with the weight on it that I can get my neck back strong with. Um, everybody, my mommy, everybody else play a role in this shit, man, you know what I'm saying? See, it was a couple times, shit, I couldn't even wipe my own ass, and I was so stubborn that shit, I was just trying to, like, just be at least burdened to anybody as possible because that type of shit is weird to me anyway mm. but you know um i need help man i know i don't got a gay bone in my body and these is like my actual bitches and shit you know so all this shit was just like a different experience it's just like it's just like popping a nigga laughing at him because he on the shit bag right or Cause a nigga on a hospital bed barely hanging on. And you sitting there thinking this shit cute with your homeboys. But now you broke up on the hospital bed and you just gotta smirk and take your lick because you know what come with this shit. It's your turn. 
you know how this revolving door go. You know what I mean? That's something you can't escape. You know what I mean? It might not come in the same form or fashion, but she gonna take her chunk out your ass. Is is that the spiritual uh, meaning you got from all this happening? It was more so you can you can lose it all in the flesh if you're not really focused and got your sights set on what you're supposed to be looking at because you're blessed. Mm. So all that unnecessary ghetto shit, all that, you know, um, just because you can do something, you know, um, you overdoing it. Yeah. Or uh, taking more time to, because I spend a lot of time with my children. But even with this happening, I realize it's never enough time with that. You know what I mean? I can do more. I can be more attentive and more just focus on at least that, because that's the most important thing I got going on. For all this shit was to, you know what I mean, go away today. That's still my main priority. And I always gotta stay grounded and, and keep that up and running. So, yeah, that was more so like my train of thought. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, just stop. Stop being extra. Stop doing all this unnecessary shit. Pump your brakes, my nigga. Like, you just almost left this bitch. You, cause that's what everybody fear, right? Yeah. It's doomsday. Just almost checked out. And it was biggest scare of my life, cause I'm pretty much pr protected by a Viper in the city, right? So I don't really go through a lot of shit niggas go through. Like, niggas be tripping off, you know, I got $300,000 of jewelry on in the ghetto. And a nigga made man enough to be able to do this with no hassle, you know? But you still gotta be smart about this shit, you know what I'm saying? Know that, you know, shit, you ain't invincible, you know? And the accident just slowed me down. I always had like tunnel vision, but it put things in a more proper perspective, even that put my blinders on a little more tight. You wow. know what I mean? So. What's in your sights now? Cause here we are in, in June. <clears throat> you took injuries that they said it's a possibility you wouldn't walk again. Broke out the hospital. Stayed around your family, stayed around good, good energy. Fought, pushed. Yesterday was your first show back. And I couldn't tell something happened to you. I'm up there watching. KK, you were saying that. He's like, yo, I didn't even know something happened to him. I'm moving out the way and shit. Like, how does that feel? And I have this your son up there also. It was a tight fight. And to answer the question prior to that, my sights are more set on just giving my son and my daughter something to look up to. Because there's not a lot of positive 
role models in black kids' life where it's not people that's actually taking the time out to understand their kids to figure out what you can do to break the cycle, you know? And just me watching my pops get up, stand up straight every day, it did everything for me. And me knowing that that's how my kids respect me does everything for me, you know? So my sight's just more set on uh, doing what it feels like I was put here to do more so than settling for, you know, the shot. For settling the shot that I'm taking as opposed to, you know, penetrating my goal a little different. Mm. Settling, I used to settle. You, if you a good crumb snatcher, right? You snatch up enough crumbs, eventually you have a slice. You turn the slice, you know, to a sandwich. Right. Hopefully, you know, one day you have a, a, a big enough loaf to make as many sandwiches as you as you please, you know? And you settle out of court and take the buyout where if, that's why I brought up the point earlier where um, I felt like I was adding to the problem, but now me making music, venting about it, it feels like um, I'm freeing myself of evil thoughts I may have or um, I'm self-healing, but I also know I'm not adding to the problem anymore because I'm actually trying to scare a young nigga straight. And it sounds slick about the, all the dope you hear me selling it, how I'm wearing this shit and shit, listen to the outcome and how many lives are getting lost. And, you know what I'm saying? How at, at the end of the rap, it don't always turn out, mm -hmm. you know, hunky-dory. You know what I'm saying? So. You can save a soul by them more so just listening to the music, trying to get to understand the artist and somebody else's perspective. And they actually just take listening to the music. That's all they're doing. Taking time out their day to sit in their car, smoke weed, go in the house, chill out, listen to the music. You know, um, I'm chilling, making the music, staying out the way, not in the streets, adding to the problem no more. And I'm actually got somebody preoccupied with you know, trying to digest something that they might not be um, particularly familiar with, but they might be interested in certain fields, and this might be what they need to hear to say, oh, the street shit too complicated. I like that. Um, I'm in Bojack, man. You say how, how did he what? Yeah, how, do you, how you got, like, that's is true. that something that, that was just in him you just wanted? Because I'm watching him hype, man. It's him. And it's... See, BoJ is the kid. <coughs> BoJ the kid, and all my friends will tell you this. Mm. BoJ the kid that was born in the ghetto, but I figured out my situation and made it a little better when he got here. He kind of stayed, well, he did stay in the suburbs, big house, gross point, you know, always been getting picked up, dropped off in business and shit his whole life. 
Um, but when me and his mom would be at odds, she already had four children prior to my two. So there's six kids in the house. Hmm. And when we at odds, she kind of like burnt out on all this shit that's going on. I'm baby daddy three, you know? It's taken with you. And this is my first biological son. I used to always take her kids with me, so it's nothing to take mine, you know? Right. He was that kid that was always there when me and the guys would be <clears throat> on our grown man. And it'd be like, and I'd be like, and they'd be like, oh, fuck it, like, like you, you my man, you a cold motherfucker, and all this shit we into. We gotta take this like this. Like, it's always one of them. And he was that one. Where <clears throat> you think he playing the game, but he really watching. Feel me? You think he ain't seeing the shit he paying attention to. And then I had a studio in the ghetto and he was always there with me. I wasn't even focused on music then. I was more so uh, trying to walk my probation down. <clears throat> And, um, and just keep the studio up and running, you know, because I, was, I wasn't making, like, pay all my bills money, but, you know, it was me trying to invest more into myself, my dream, and see if the shit Alchemist and Chuck and all them telling me Nas, was a reality. Jay-Z. Nas, yeah, but it wasn't Jay yet. Not yet. Not yet. Mojay just grew up um, riding in the backseat of the bench, requesting songs he would want to hear. <coughs> requesting songs he would want to hear. Um, since, you know, said Louis and me and his musical journey, uh, he had two artists like C. Dale. That's how me and him even ended up working. He had two artists, Locke and Cedell. They called themselves DRG, the regular guys. Mm-hmm. And um, they went up for bank jacket. Yeah. After Cedell, I was at the old white party the other night. Uh, they went in for bank jacket. They both did like a diamond piece. And right before they went to jail, Lewis was about to get them a record deal. Searching, Lewis about to you know, help those guys further their music career. And um, said it was heartbroken that the two artists he had the biggest vision with, I got locked up at the time. And then I, I cut into him like, shit, you know, you wanna work? You know, start working. I don't think I had my son yet. Um, but I knew said from playing grade school ball back in seventh, eighth grade, Catholic school league. Um, but even then, like, since my son been here, cause uh, when I met, when I first went to the studio with Lock and C. Dale and said our first record we ever did, I took one of my little bros from the hood that I rock out with the long way. He had one leg, um, his name was Derek, but he was a, he was a tough kid, you know? And I brought him to the studio 
everybody got acquainted and shit. And not too long after that, he lost his life. And me and Cedric been locked in, you know, through DRG going to jail. Nick Bruno went back to jail. Uh, he just he just keep reminding me that it's a world with this shit, you know. Like he the main one in my ear, and my sister double just reminding me constantly, like, bro, you got something going for yourself. Like get back focused, you know what I mean? Like this shit cool, but we know what you really want to do. And it's like, one time I had a show and I had a play on the floor out of town, four hour trip, good money. And um, Cedric, me or him didn't even have a valid driver's license at the time. And he'd tell you always used to just jump on the road, no L's, just August, no glory type shit. And one time, Sid stopped me in my tracks, like, look, bro, you can't miss this show, bro. If I got to drag that shit down there, I would. And get down there to make the drop. The dude he about to give it to is getting some type of flack from the police. So he can't even make the drop. He had to drive back with the work dirty, right? And then did it for free, no money, just to make sure I made it to that fucking show, you know? And I just looked at it different from that point. Like, like damn, bro, taking penitentiary risk for me to rap. Like, shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's different. It's different. Wow. And we have our little spats as brothers, and we done fell out one time, you know what I mean, over some petty shit that wasn't even worth falling out about. This conversation needed to be had, would have been ironed out, because it's really my brother. He been there through all this shit, like, that's what I'm saying, like, I got good company I keep, you know. I don't really rock out with niggas that, um, Got to overcompensate with shit, with material shit, and their morals and values ain't intact, you know. Because um, you got to value way more than money can buy with me, you know. And people wear a lot of, I'm not going to call it petty, but shit that shit beneath them on their sleeve. And, you know, ain't no self-proclaimed real niggas, but when you consider yourself like sturdy, stand up, you tend to like get irritated with things certain people do because you just know it's not, it's not appropriate for what you represent and right. what type of business you standing on, you know? Right. And I always knew I was different because uh, not better than anybody, never felt like that. I just always knew I was unique in my own right because uh, I've been in some real challenging situations. Like, um, I done actually been on the old side county murder rock fighting cases and shit, you know? And knowledge I get, and intel I get from my big bros who really been through real hardships when it come to being in that clink and fighting them cases and trying to get back on the pills and shit like that, you know? I just know, um, man, my business, you know? 
And I was like the frailest nigga in there, you know? So I'm looking around and shit, and I'm noticing like, my brain, my coldest muscle ever, you know? Cause a lot of people not as intellectual as guys like us, so they don't know how to converse to diffuse certain altercations or they don't know how to kick it just to get a pretty much understanding so it won't be a misunderstanding. Right. And I got to noticing niggas is more so taken to me because I really was a street nigga that, you know, was uh, productive outside of these walls that, you know, the shit I'm telling you, you can stand on or you might even heard about me or you might know who I am for real, you know, because of the way my hustle hand worked, you know. And they was more so taken to me on the intellectual side because when we build, they like, damn, they couldn't believe how young I was because of the way a nigga brain flex. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Prison of circumstance. Now I'm looking at the cover and it reminds me of something. It should remind you of two things at once. Cause you were a student. So what should prisoner of circumstance remind you of? And then me actually sitting on that bench with a little dog. Belly. That's the the the, the you know the um the grand scheme of the idea right. of the album. And then the, the jewels in the hand. Okay, that's belly. Nah. Right. What should prisoner of circumstance remind you of? You got me on that one. Your honor. I'm a prisoner of circumstance, frail nigga. I couldn't much work with my yes, hands, right? Yes, but yes. my mind was strong. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. Okay. All right, that's one. It ain't going to give me with nothing else, but yeah. Dope, dope project. Listen to it, start to finish. Being at that show. Watching these fans front row, singing word for word, even when your mic was going out. Still going. Is this the part where you find your success in music and leave everything else alone? Exactly. Of course. Like, what else? What else would I do at this point? You know what I mean, a nigga, a nigga the new, the new 30. But, <laughs> right. um, I got about six, eight children for real that I actually like claim and feel like that's my chip in those kids, um, too biological. Six steps. Oh, I love a nigga dearly. Uh, hold on to everything I say to him, all that, you know. That's all I'm really living for, because you can't take none of this shit with you. The memories you leave behind with your loved ones is all this shit gonna be worth when you up and smoke, you know? And I really think of that a lot. I think of, I really got to take off one day. Like my son was so broke up about my grandma leaving. And I had to explain to him like, 
You so bent out of shape. But you know why you shouldn't be so bent out of shape, son? Because one day you're going to have a son, right? Who might have a daughter, who might have another little boy, right? Who's going to be your great-grandson one day. And they're all going to be attached to you the same. Some more than others, but you're going to be the nucleus of what you got going on in your family. And you got to leave all them behind one day, son. You know, and him hearing me say that and break that down to him, it kind of gave him an understanding of like, okay, damn, so I'm I'm really on the clock. Right. So let me do the shit that I want to do and I love, and let me get on top of it now, because he's seeing, you know, ain't enough time on the earth with your loved ones, but this shit's short-lived, bro, you know? So I got a grandmother who died at 106. 106. And I used to always tell him, it's my father's grandmother. I used to always tell him that, uh, that's crazy. That's a long time to live because her, her hearing had left. Sight was getting real bad. Damn near, like, didn't even know who was kicking it with her sometime, you know? And I was telling him, like, damn, Bob, that's crazy. She lived that long, like. And he was like, no, you know what's even crazier? That one of y'all got that gene. And I thought about it like, damn, I don't know if I want to be around that long. But then, once I had children, I want to be there forever. You know what I mean? You don't never want this shit to stop. You looking at even how big my boy getting. I've been there every day. So I don't notice it until it's time to re him up on shit he growing out of, right? And I'm like, damn, you is like, like this shit is really moving. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like from the accident time, I was actually on the bed wondering, like, I wonder how long it's going to take for me to even. It seemed like I was just thinking that five minutes ago. Sitting here, Mav Hopper interview, Detroit City Live. I wanted to come out there your way. And I appreciate you for coming on my way because uh, I don't really feel like flying right now. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Um, when it was proposed to me, I thought about it. You know, check some things out. So, I don't know. Just had a feeling. I'm glad I was right about it. Right now, I feel like you're making history. You got a lot more to go. We make history. It's right. my first real interview since I've been back. It's my first show. He was president. Big Bro Search was president. Whole gang was in attendance. Even the ones that wasn't, they were supporting real heavy from the sideline because they had, you know, um, prior obligations and shit like that. But yeah, man, I've just been kicking it, trying to heal up, get back to as close as I can get it back or surpass where I had it before I got hurt. Focus on my craft more. Um, and just, you know, learn to appreciate good people more. And that's how, going from um, that scared kid 
senior pops down, hearing from your grandfather, the worst thing in my life was the best things in my life. I see you living that. I salute you. But you don't know why people say these things to you a lot of times. It don't even dawn on you until you go through a real roadblock in life. And then it play back in your head and you say, they was just giving me the equipment I needed to figure this part right. of the equation out. You know? And a lot of shit used to go in one ear out the other, but now it's just like when I was a kid, right? Reading was easy to me. It was easy for me to look at the shit and read it out. And then when they make you read out loud in class, you don't want to sound like a dummy, so I'm getting up. She thinking because I'm thugging and shit and I ain't paying no attention. She put me on the spot. Well, well Jack, read this, you know, um, such and such, such and such page, X, Y, Z, you know. Look at her like, what the fuck you think I'm done? Get up, <laughs> read the shit fast, right? Sounding good, reading and everything. But I always had a problem with when I get to the bottom, I'm not processing nothing I'm reading. I had to take my time, teach myself, because my last grade of education completed is the eighth. You wouldn't think that kicking it with me. You think I had a couple years college or some shit, you know? And a ninth grade dropout, so I had to take my time and just teach myself, like, you gotta start retaining this a little different, okay? Because you got a good understanding of a lot of shit. Right. So make a better understanding of this. And me just teaching myself how to read, it started worrying me up. You know what I mean? Like, I used to have, when I was rapping, my shit was limited. I mean, trying to get a better understanding the process when I'm reading and the shit that I'm actually reading is, is making me more of a wordsmith. So when I would say certain things in my music, a lot of people used to keep playing like, man, that's too far off a nigga's heads or a nigga don't, how they gonna understand, man, nigga, as tension span is this long. And, you know, motherfuckers really dummies and shit, you know? I'm like, yeah, but I'm not. See what I'm saying? Like, I can't entertain that shit because that's not the type of nigga I am. Right. Like, I play uh, down, bring them up. Make them come up to meet you. Yeah, like, like my little cousin passed, right? The one I told you when I was in jail. His brother get out of jail from doing a crazy bit. See him not too long ago at like a real mafia, you know, members only type of invite, you know. Right. He got one of the most beautiful chicks I've ever seen in my life. She gotta be like from a different country or something. She was crazy looking. He in there tucked up, you know. So I ain't seen him in a minute since he been home. And I kick it. But I'm like, hey, yo, cuz, what's up? He like, I thought that was you. I'm like, what's up? How you been? He like, I've been good. He like, um, like, we need to talk. He like, yeah, I know we do. I'm like, I could patch you in on, you know what I'm saying? Like, even what happened and shit, you know. 
the conversation came about like uh, what needed to occur for this happening, right? And a wager got put out there. And the number got put out there. I said, nah, you know, that's too much. Yeah, boom. And he said, yeah, but I'm not. So fuck it, double it. Just put it down. Like I say, like, older, I'm more understanding, like, what type of rug can be snatched from under all our feet, right? So I'm actually, like, calling the shot off when I know that's a play that ain't nobody gonna hesitate to come get, you know? But we don't need the heat. So I'm just gonna keep shit off you, keep the kids happy for all for progress. Mm. That been like, like I say, like my new mindset is why I'm just not a hood rich nigga having my way, and I'm actually like understanding money ain't everything, but a tool I need to keep pushing my agenda. Keep pushing. What's next? Got a nonprofit I'm putting together for kids with spinal injuries. Because me actually going through that, I understand that a little different. And I just want to make sure that they get the correct care like I did so they even have a chance to fight back. Or allow some people to be there for 24 hours. To really give a fuck about yeah. You know, not just trying to get a check off of this and saying, well, there's nothing else I could have did, as opposed to, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and make sure that, you know, we got another success or miracle story. You know what I'm saying? We need more people, you know, um, who get more fuck about the children when they do go through real hardships, you know, to get them a second shot at the title. And I just believe, you know, with God giving me another shot at the title, I should, you know, push harder for other people to get back and, you know, feel as blessed as I do at the moment. You know what I mean? So the nonprofit um, clothing line, um, trying to get more artists exposure and light on, you know, um, them pushing their music careers forward or whatever they into, you know. Uh, my daughter want to act, my son want to do music. So I got a lot of Hollywood connects and LA now and all that shit. So it just helps that I put myself in a position to change not only my circumstances, but you know, my kids, they don't even really know what um, what it is to really go through a hardship. Because my pops dressed up being poor real good. And he was never poor because he was never poor mentally. Right. And, you know, I always was just taught early, like, money wasn't everything. and. You know, my character and things like that. 
was more important than keeping my face clean. That was going to invite the money. I heard you say just now we need more miracles. Do you consider yourself a miracle? Absolutely. Absolutely, because, like I say, at one point in time, nothing was moving. And that could have been a permanent phase. So for me to, you know, even have my little limp, and, you know what I'm saying, for me to be, you know what I'm saying, strutting through this shit like, like I am Mr. B. I know I'm a miracle, but I didn't, I, it's been proven on more than just this case. This just solidified it. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. Oh. Gee. Oh, man. For real. It's just solidified. Boom. Oh. You cut it right there. <laughs> what time is it now? 3.45. I gotta go to the hotel. 3.45.